Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Dave Hussey, who joins us this morning. G'day, Dave. Morning, Jules. How are you? I'm good. Uh, been a bit of reflection ahead of your last game uh, in charge. Uh, yeah, there's been yeah, been a lot of reflection actually. Um, yeah, some fond memories, uh, some not so fond memories, but um, it's, yeah, just unfortunate I couldn't get the best out of the boys to qualify for the finals this year, and um, it's time for somebody else to take over and, and take the group forward. Is there a, a, a tinge of sadness that tomorrow night's your last game in charge? Uh, a tinge of sadness because I haven't achieved what I what I set out to achieve with with this group, uh, talented group of players. Um, that's probably the, the most disappointing thing and probably one of the regrets that I have. But um, a tinge of relief as well that somebody else can take this group forward and uh, hopefully get the best out of them and, and allow them to uh, fulfil their potential of uh, playing finals cricket and hopefully winning the BBL. Why do you think the success hasn't come for you in your tenure, as you say, with a, with a pretty talented group? Yeah, we've got a, a really talented group. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I just haven't been able to get the best out of all the uh, the, the players. Um, yeah, we've had some injuries which haven't helped. COVID hasn't helped. Um, but there's no no real excuse at the end of the day. When when you step on that park, everybody's fit and healthy, and uh, it's 11 on 11, and unfortunately, we haven't got the, uh, the job done when, when it's counted the most. So how much personal responsibility do you take in that? You, you've said a couple of times you, you haven't been able to get the best out of these players, so it sounds like you, you're taking that, you know, quite personally. Yeah, it's all on me, because I'm a head coach and my assistants, Clint McKay and Ben Rohr, have been unbelievable. They're excellent. They work incredibly hard and go over and above to get the best out of the players and, uh, and have them prepared as well as they possibly can, but Unfortunately, um, the, the strategies that are put in place and uh, just hasn't allowed our players to uh, execute their skills under immense pressure at the MCG. And um, yeah, it's time for somebody else to, uh, to take that rein on and, and hopefully they, they can get the best out of the players to fulfil their, their dreams of winning the BBL. How much of a learning experience has it been for you, given you've had everything uh, thrown at you? As you said, COVID, some wins, some tough losses. How, how much have you learnt from this whole experience? Yeah, um, that's probably the, the one key uh, takeaway, really, is uh, some of the experiences you've had uh, you wouldn't have been expected, um, but it's some of the things that you're going to take on uh, for everyday life going on forward and uh, just to know that I've experienced uh, some of the heartaches and, uh, and some of the uh, you know, injuries and uh, illnesses and, and um, being locked away for a couple of years, uh, it's, uh, it's something you'll take away and uh, good learning experiences take forward to, uh, to future life goals. So you've got the role of uh, head of male cricket cricket Victoria. Was it any ever a possibility you could do both roles if that was something you wanted to do? No, I didn't want to do it. Um, it's it's unethical to be in charge of uh, male male Victorian cricket uh, in the blue space, uh, and then uh, sort of make decisions on uh, green and red red, yep. red space at the same time. So it's been unethical to uh, to sort of uh, unbiasedly. You probably. Uh, is going to meetings and probably favour the stars, so stars players. So now it's uh, just a clean, fresh break, um, and therefore I can just focus on the blue stuff and, and help out the red team and the green team uh, going forward. Speaking to outgoing Melbourne Stars coach David Hussey, obviously it's, it's been a disappointing season, as you've mentioned, but if you had to touch on a couple of positives out of this season, whether it's some individuals or, or a couple of performances, what, what would they be when you review it all? 
Well, the, the growth of Liam Hatcher has probably been the, yeah. the, the biggest one. Uh, we recruited him uh, three years ago. Uh, he probably wasn't getting the opportunity he was, was hoping for at the Sydney Thunder, and he's made the move down to Melbourne, and he's sort of made the MCG home. He, he bowls fast, and I think he's probably been the, the shining light. And the other one is probably Joe Clark's uh, 100 at the MCG against the Hobart Hurricanes, which got us a win, and, and Marcus Stoinis is batting at the Adelaide uh, Oval um, on New Year's Eve. So... They're probably the three keys. Uh, unfortunately, there's just John far between and we haven't been consistent enough to uh, qualify for the finals. There's two outstanding teams again in the BBL. It's the Sixers and the Scorchers. They've been the two outstanding franchises, you know, throughout the history of the competition. Why do you think those two franchises in particular have been so consistent for over a decade now when a lot of the other clubs have been up and down? Um, yeah, probably Perth because they're probably playing all year round. Their squad doesn't really change too much. And I guess uh, being part of the, the wacker, they can sort of uh, train T20 style um, during the, the pre-season. And, and same with the Sydney Sixers too, albeit um, they've got a more of an older, more mature squad. And But their squad rarely, really changes. So um, I just think having those... Um, uh, yeah, just having those settled squads uh, just definitely allows them to play... Um, their they're most consistent cricket. They, they know what they're going to do with their strategies uh, week in, week out, and that's probably the most consistent thing across the board. You're glad it's not the Sixers you're coming up against tomorrow night because I'm tipping planning for Steve Smith right now is not easy. <laughs> yeah, he's caught fire, hasn't he? He's been a, a great inclusion by the Sydney Sixers, and I think he's just they've just elevated their game to a new level, and he just gives a lot of confidence to... Uh, to all their teammates, the squad's going forward. So it'll be interesting to see how they um, how they go when he disappears after the uh, the first qualifying final against the Scorchers. He's been a bit of an outlier, though, hasn't he, Dave, in terms of the returning Test players? Not many have fired much of a shot. I mean, Matt Renshaw had a great innings at the MCG, of course, but has that surprised you a little bit, or is it really difficult to go back from Test match cricket to, to BBL cricket? Well, I think Steve's the anomaly, really. He can adapt uh, very very quickly, and, and he's probably one of the better players uh, on news pitches going around. But it is difficult coming back from the heights of uh, playing international cricket and, and a successful international summit to uh, the BBL. It's, uh, it's a new intensity, and you've really got to give yourself up for the games and um, just proves that um, BBL cricket is uh, a very of a high quality, a high standard, and you've got to be at your best in, in order to perform. Overall, have you been not from a star's point of view, but from a competition point of view. It seems to be, it's been a really good season, particularly sort of post-Christmas. Do you think there's been improvements in the competition this year? Yeah, I do. Um, I think the quality of cricket played on the field has been exceptional. And I think we touched on it before, the the international players coming back after their test matches, um, I think that really adds to the growth of the tournament. And hopefully in in future years, um, more international players get, get an opportunity to play in the BBL because, A, it's a really good competition to play in. It's in front of uh, decent crowds at the biggest grounds in Australia, which is, um, I think, part and parcel of uh, playing in the, in the probably arguably uh, the second best T20 competition in the world. And just in your new role, head of male cricket at Cricket Victoria, it's been such a, a successful program. Uh, Victoria at Shield level in particular have been so strong. What, what are some of the, the biggest challenges you see when you're going into that role? Well, biggest challenges going forward is we're going to try and produce some uh, consistent test players. Mm. Uh, Marcus Harris, Wilpikowski, they're sort of on the periphery, but I'd like to produce uh, maybe uh, another Matthew Elliott or Brad Hodge who can play maybe 50 tests instead of 20 tests uh, that Matt and uh, Brad played so, and have a, a, a successful pathway of um, going from Victorian cricket into international cricket and, and being there for, for many years. So the 
kids can actually idolise the young Victorian players and hopefully grow up to play a MCG test, a Boxing Day test at the MCG um, when they're a bit older. So I hope this doesn't sound like a dumb question, but but how do you how do you do that? Why do you think Victoria haven't produced as many test players as some of the other states, I guess, particularly New South Wales in, in recent years? Yeah, it's a great question and something where Chris Chris Rogers and myself, Graham and I, we're all working on our pathways and we're just going to get a, um, a consistent... Uh, for, for batting techniques, for example, how uh, a batting te- technique that's going to uh, survive on the international arena rather than um, just maybe relying on the premier, premier career coaches to uh, get their techniques to an international level. Uh, we try and make a, a really elite pathway for these kids to come through and hopefully achieve their dreams of playing uh, for Australia uh, at the MCG. How is Will Pekoski going at the moment? We've seen him doing a bit of media work. He's uh, he's pretty handy at that, but of course he wants to be back playing cricket. How's he going? Well, I've actually spoken to him for probably about two weeks now. So, um, but all I do is see him on the TV. He seems happy and healthy, which is good. And hopefully he's hitting some cricket balls with his dad, who's a, a very fine batting coach in his own right. And hopefully that uh, reinvigorates the fire in his belly, and he can come back and uh, represent Victoria and, and hopefully Australia in uh, in a few weeks' time or a few months' time. Well, Dave, good luck tomorrow night. I hope the boys uh, send you off with a win. You've always been uh, very generous with your time here at SEN. Uh, good luck tomorrow night. We can't wait to catch up when you're in the new roles, head of male cricket at Cricket Victoria. Thanks again for your time. Anytime, Jules. Thanks very much. Take care. Uh, he's a good man, David Hussey.